Ladies and gentlemen, we are here, we are live. Welcome to the Sports Attention Podcast, coming to you from the Robert Allenby Studios. I'm here with Potty, my co-host. How are we going, mate? Mate, I am doing very well, as always. It's always a pleasure here, have a Monday night. Mm. Highlight of the week, isn't it? Yeah, well, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it coming in and just sitting around and breaking down the week that was. And we talk about... Big weeks. We say it every week, don't we? But I mean, this week... It may have been the biggest. Ginormous. Is mm. that a word? Yeah, yeah yep. it is now. Yeah, I thought so. Um, Did we say it was the biggest week last week? Uh, we might have done, yeah, but obviously yeah, it's uh, this so. is the biggest week this week. Yeah. Didn't say it was ginormous. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, without further ado, should we get into the podcast? Let's roll. We're here, we're live, the Sports Attention Podcast. Uh, Potty, hey, welcome back. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Love getting it, our voices out to the listeners, the mm, loyal be- listeners. Talking about the listeners, before we get started, mate, we went on to YouTube. We're on YouTube now, so yep. we're posting up our, our the videos of our podcast to YouTube. Get around it. Now, the big difference was, and I got some feedback was when we play our intro music, mm. I had some feedback. I was like, oh, do you just sit there? Where I, Somebody said to me, I always just imagine you guys would be dancing. Well, <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs> so we give it a little bit of a shake today. So if you want to check it out, you'll get us at Sports Detention on YouTube. Subscribe. Subscribe. Never heard of that. No, but it's, uh, it's here now. It's a part of us. to the channel. Uh, check it out, guys. It's, um, yeah, we're getting that content from a from a visual platform now for you. Yep, and you will love it. You will love it. Mm, guaranteed. Uh, what's caught your eye this week, mate? A couple of big things, mate, and I went over to the world of the NFL. Have you heard of Isaac Rochelle, I believe his name is pronounced? I hadn't heard of him till this week, to be honest, mate. Yeah, but you did hear of him this week, didn't you? I did. I did hear of him this week. Yes. Um, so... Uh, a the, Raiders footballer? Uh, y- yes. Yes, a Raiders footballer. So um, over in the States there, uh, they've got a video of Isaac Rochelle and they're acknowledging his uh, brother's service mm. in the um, NFL. So class act, the Raiders. They, they sent out a... Beautiful post, a video tribute to his brother, where Isaac's actually speaking and talking about his mm. brother and how proud yeah, he is. Yeah, it was an interesting video. Like I, I took time to watch the video, and mm. they talk about his service, and he, it really, he's pretty much saying, had I not gone to the college Notre Dame yep. to play college football, I would have gone into service myself. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, really well done and um, a class act uh, by the Raiders. So they, um, uh, you know... They recognise you. But not for long, Grego. What happened? About three hours later, they cut him. (laughs) Now, we talk about the world of the Uh, NFL and American sports in general. Professional sports, you son of a bitch. It is an absolute bugger of a sport. You just, you never know where you're going to be sleeping um, in the evening because you could get traded, you could Mm. get cut. Who knows what's going on? But they have literally... 
put up this beautiful video. Yeah. Passionate, you know, absolute patriotic. <laughs> and then they've cut him a couple of hours later. Oh, uh, so the the you know some would say that perhaps what they've done is decided to tactically keep him in the squad until after that oh, well, video yeah. has been announced, but only <laughs> just. Mm. Yeah. Um, an interesting one because I was digging a little deeper into the story behind this, and they speak about um, his brother. Now I believe his brother's name's Matt. Yep. Now Matt is actually still a member of the Air Force. However, he's in the Space Force. The Space Force. Now, mate. Wasn't that a show? No, I, I'm not taking the piss here, mate. Dead set. It is something out of the Avengers. There is an arm of the Air Force in the US, which is the Space Force. Right, the Space Force. So There it is. And on Wikipedia, we've brought it up for, uh, yeah, for the listeners. You can't see it. United States Space Force is a space service branch of the U.S. Armed Forces. I, that'll do me. Well, mate, I'm pretty sure there is a show on Netflix called Space One or something like that, or it was a short-lived show, should Star I say. Star Trek? Uh, well, I tell you, it could, could, could well have been. Uh, it's got um, um, John Malkovich. You know, okay. and um, oh, it, I really should know. Um, very famous actor, Brick from um, Anchorman. Um, Steve, oh, Steve, Steve Carell. Steve Carell, in it, so. or Michael Scott from The Office. Michael Scott from The Office. Yeah. So uh, um, either I'd take, but yeah. So I thought they were just taking the piss, but there's literally a brand. There's a space that, force. Yeah. yeah right. um, we learn something every day. We do here. What it. else we got, mate? Mate, so um, dangerous Dan. Now, Dan Andrews, we've spoken about uh, Dan Andrews here on the show before, oh, haven't we? yes. You know, so, mm. um, you know. Uh, Former it, Premier of the, uh, yeah, of yeah, Victoria. We'll go, and, that's as far as we'll yeah. go with that. So, yeah, we're not going to get into that. We have touched on that before on our show. But um, I'll tell you what, mate, he is struggling down in Vic. Have you heard what's happened this week? Uh, I did read an article, mate. Can you share with us what it was all about? So he's going down to his local, his local golf club to try and join up membership, and he's been knocked back. Yes. Yeah. So, look, well, you know, you'd have to think that there are some Victorians down there who still aren't real happy with the way things uh, played out for them over the uh, COVID period. Mm. Well, apparently the story has it that, um, and I believe it's Portsea. Portsy, uh, very good golf course, course. So, exclusive. I've I've had some inside mail from a Victorian, and they've said it's absolutely it's the ducks nuts this yep. course. So anyway, he's gone down there. He's, I think he's played a couple of social rounds yep. um, as a guest, and then he's gone. You know what? This isn't a bad, you know, patch of grass. I he might, could see him getting handicapped down there. Mm, I might actually sign up for a membership, and so they've put it out there, and they've got a little process that they have where. Any prospective members have to go up on the wall for 21 days and the current membership group are allowed to comment on their prospective membership. Yeah, right. And they've all pretty much said, this bloke can go and do one. Not a chance. No chance, Lance. This is the guy who, despite the fact that we're outdoors and we're socially distanced, told us we couldn't play golf. Yeah. And now he (laughs) wants to. Now that he's not in the job, he wants to come out on our course and have a hit. Yeah, so the, get they haven't taken that real well at all, have no. they, mate? And to be honest with you, mate, I love it. I love the fact that these politicians who, and, you know, I will I will touch on it a little bit, who just completely mistreat the public when they're in a position of power. 
Yep. Have to take responsibility for their actions later on. Well, I think it's I think it's only fair. Yeah, he certainly um maybe a little bit early. Maybe if he tried to sign up some five years down the track things that would have um Or maybe just never show up. Yeah. Well just don't play golf. I like golf and I don't like now that Dan Andrews plays golf. Yeah, well, you know, so are you saying he's ruined <laughs> golf for you? It's uh, look, I wouldn't go either that far. However, Is, are you saying that's why you'll never play professionally? It possibly would be. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'd yeah. say it's certainly on the list, mm. mate. But uh, Dan Andrews, mate, uh, gun, uh, gun. Yeah. Anyway. And uh, <laughs> well, on golf, mate. Uh, Rory, Rory McIlroy. What Rory a golfer. Rory McIlroy, one of the best. Yep. So. Um, Talk to me about Rory's lap dance, mate. What is going on here? So this was actually shared to me by my wife. Mm, right. So um, she's obviously um, got caught up in the Instagram algorithm. So Rory McElroy is playing uh, in the DP World Tour. And basically the ball has landed in the lap of a lady spectator. Yes. And Rory's basically going, oh, the old school play it as it lies. He's yep. going, well, what do I do here? Do I have to play it? And this poor old lady's just sitting there. She's done the great thing. So all the fans are just sitting there just going, well, what's going on here? Mm. And she's just sitting there patiently. Yep, has a move. Um, well done. Yeah, she's done a good job on, yep. on there. Yep. Um, I mean, I guess if she uh, was to move, you'd hope. It'd roll out on the fairway, wouldn't you? Mm. Like give it a nice, nice little nudge. But yeah, so uh, imagine if Rory had have gone to grab it. Well, <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, the Me Too movement yeah. would erupt. Yeah, well, maybe Tiger Woods, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> had to go there. Yeah. Oh, anyway, Tiger would have got it with his teeth. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, allegedly. <laughs> uh, yeah, mate. What's going on? A streaker or Scott Sattler? I don't know if you've seen this one, mate. The great tackle from Scott Sattler has been repeated in rugby. However, a player's hit a hole, made a break, and then the cameras continues to go. He has. The streak has made a try-saving tackle down the sideline. And this is a piece of this one's been getting around social media. Uh, it's fantastic. The streaker just – and, it, you know, it wasn't a bad technique, to be honest. No, well, it wasn't a bad technique whatsoever. Mm. It was, um, it was uh, you know, he was certainly finished off by the, the teammates of um, – Yeah. yeah Would have been – well, like – if he had a stayed in the ruck, they could have rucked him out. They could have and rucked got him, him out. on the bean bag. Well, I'm <laughs> sure that's where they would have been aiming. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what, Scotty Sattler, never fear, mate. I think you still hold the, you know. You, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna butt in there, mate. I'm gonna go as far as to say that that is the best cover tackle without clothes yeah. ever. On well, the football field, yeah, you, you could well be right. There, there's a there's a great one. I think was at a cricket match a few years ago where um, a streaker has managed to evade um, about twelve security guards oh, and make yeah. it back into the crowd. That's an absolute ripper. Yeah. Um, he there's some he, good ones. He there. should have got a contract for sure. I mean, the fun police come out now and they obviously pan away from it, so you, oh, you can't yeah. see it at home. But yeah, it's a bit of a shit go. Um, mate, another thing, uh, horses, mate. Yep. Obviously, great song by Daryl Braithwaite. Um, we've had the spring carnival, but um, 
Speaking of horses, something caught my eye this week and it addresses a horse that has had to escape, or has actually, sorry, escaped from a cargo plane mid-flight. Yeah, right. So basically uh, there was a plane that was leaving from New York City's JFK Mm. Airport and they were headed for Belgium. Um, However, it's headed out. It's got out over the over the upstate New York and, you know, then it's had to do a big loop and head on back. Now, what happened was the pilots had to go back because the horse had escaped and they had no way at 30,000 feet of being able to get the horse contained. Yeah. So um, the big issue, though. The trainer wasn't on board. No. Um, The big issue was not only does uh, the article, and I've pulled this one up from TMZ, not only do they drop some of the greatest puns in this article, such as uh, they were losing horsepower and (laughs) there would be lots of naysayers. Uh, What's another one? Uh, Um. Oh, they got the... the horse back on stable ground. Oh, stop it. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, the issue was the fact that 20 tonnes of fuel had to be dropped. Yeah, they, right. So. They had to dump 20 tonnes of fuel to avoid, uh, you know, any dangerous situations in returning. So I could imagine uh, Greta Thunberg is probably having a seizure somewhere at this point. Yeah, she's not happy about it at all. Yeah, But, um, you know... She, she, you know, I wonder if it fell on her boat. She was. <laughs> she walks on water, doesn't she? Oh, well, apparently that is the good word. Uh, and final thing, mate, Tony Ferguson, yep. UFC fighter Tony Ferguson, um, he's been popping up a bit this week. He has completed Hell Week mm. with our show favourite, oh, Mr. David yes. Goggins. We love you, Goggins. Right. So. So David Goggins has taken Tony Ferguson under his wing as he prepares for his final retirement fight against Paddy Pimblett. Yeah. Now, David Goggins has put him through a hell week and apparently Tony has successfully completed it, something that very few very few can complete. Um, look, I've never questioned Tony's mental fortitude. Yep. I've never questioned Tony's will to win. However, with his retirement fight, I do question how 45 minutes of jumping jack push-ups are going to help him get the dub over Paddy Pimblett. Yep. <laughs> he looked like he was lagging behind a bit. But even still, like, yeah. you've completed Hell Week with Goggins, which is great. Like, what an opportunity yeah. to be able to do that with Goggins. But at the end of the day, you still got to go out there and win an MMA fight. And, yep. you know, I don't think your heart, your... You know, your mental toughness has ever been in question. Your skills have, yep. especially now that you've had six losses in a row going into your retirement fight. Yeah. So So yeah, maybe I'd, do this after you fight Paddy Pimblett. Yeah. It's not gonna it's not gonna make your skills any more honed. You're not gonna Yeah. I no. see what you're saying, mate. It's good views. But we still love you, Goggins. Oh, no, no, there's yeah, no question. Would you do Hell Week with Goggins? Um, I'd try it. Um I'd like to say that I could do it, but yeah, I, I no, I can do anything. Goggins has taught me one thing mm. from just watching from the outside, peering in. He's told me I can do anything. So basically, I just need to f- stay hard. Yeah. And what would he say to you if you were um if you were doubting yourself? Yeah, he's, 
weak prick. Yeah, stop being a little bitch, I'd say. <laughs> I reckon that's what he'd say because I've heard him say it. Oh, plenty of times. All righty, mate, should we get into the footy? Let's go. The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here. All right, mate, we are into the footy, and although it is the off-season, there is still a little bit we can run through, of course. Mm. So our pre-season report, we thought we'd run through today, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs and the Cronulla Sharks. Mm. So uh, two teams, uh, really different places at the moment. So let's start um, with Canterbury-Bankstown, mate. We talked about them a bit last week Mm. um, in terms of a few dramas roster-wise. That seems to have for some reason, done a complete and utter U-turn with uh, Raymond Fiatala Mariner returning to training. So, yep. I mean, that's the news this week, but I, I'd still say it's a watch this space. We won't unhatch that uh, that discussion point. No, we won't go there at the moment. Um, look, at the moment, they've made a lot of signings coming in for next year. They've obviously, the, the headline act's going to be Stephen Crichton coming over from mm. um, the Bulldogs, and whether he plays fullback or centre, he's really going to class up there. Um, back line, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, um, so I, I just don't see that fullback argument for me. Like yeah, he's he, you know, led the back end of last season, he was the best centre in the game. Oh, I think he's been the best centre in the game for the last um, three or four years consistently. Like people will talk about Latrell and um, Tommy Turbo, what they do at Origin level, and and maybe he's he doesn't have that in his wheelhouse. And people will talk about oh, Crichton was good at Origin last year, though. Oh, he was very good. Yeah. He was very good. Um, and, and, People will talk about um, someone like Campbell Graham who had a, a great six or seven weeks. But I think if you add it up the last three years, he's been the best centre in the game. And I'm not a huge fan of moving players for um, moving them sake. If he needs a bit more freedom, if you needed him to have a little bit more hands on the ball, you know, find a way to get the ball to him or yeah. uh, give him a bit of a roving commission. Yeah, there's other ways. Yeah, they, they, they bought, um, what's his name from South? Um, Blake Taff. Blake Taff as mm. well. So I, I think... Um, That's a smart move. I think so. I think at the very least it pr- provides some pretty credible competition. So. Now, did they... Am I hearing, did they get Corey Allen back? Uh, you know, I didn't. So Corey Allen spent Where's the season. Corey Allen? There's he spent he, the he season went to at the Roosters. Yeah, he spent the season at the Roosters, and I believe he's no longer there. But as far as I'm aware, he hasn't. Yeah, okay. A, a Queensland representative player, Corey yeah, Allen. So right. I, I don't know where it might be. Me just making stuff up. Put it in the Daily Telegraph tomorrow. Yep. I thought maybe. Corey Allen was on the move again. I don't know where. I was thinking maybe the Bulldogs. I could be wrong. Yeah, um, I'm sure. I, I'm sure he'll find a home, Corey Allen. But mm. I, I don't remember hearing the Bulldogs. Um, look, look, there's still a couple of players short for mine, and I think they know that as well. Mm. Um, so it got me thinking. Like Gus has been there for I, I reckon two and a half years now. I could yep. be wrong, but I think it's about that. And, um, you know, he's he's doing his rebuild. Where do you think they're at at the moment as far as their rebuild? I mean... Um, I think they're doing a good job. There's obviously Gus's modus operandi is to clear the salary cap and try and, you know, there was obviously, it was, you know, it was a debacle when he got there. Same, yep. same as it was when he arrived at Penrith. Uh, many years ago. Yeah. So what his job is obviously clearing the decks, but also getting some really good 
uh, you know, experienced players in at a good price, got a new coach in there to set up a standard, a system that, that hopefully that they're going to build on for the future. Um, you know, the thing, I'd, I'd say it's it's business as usual for the Bulldogs. I, I think they are where I would expect them to be. Yeah. Um, I would say in the next 18 months, they're going to start probably knocking over some teams and putting together some surprise results where you're going to go, oh, this is a team that might make you think when you're tipping on the weekend. Yeah, I'm not sure they're going to get there. I think there's um, a lot of ifs at the Bulldogs at the moment. Yeah. I think if Cameron Serrato is the great coach that people thought he was, if um, Viliami Kikia, Reid Marnie, uh, players that can really provide the leadership to bring these young players on, if um, Siwa Takiako has another good couple of seasons in him because people were saying he was gone a couple of years ago when he was at at, at the Chookies. Um, look, getting yourself out of a hole like... the If you went back 20 years ago, maybe even 25 years ago, it was possible for a club to make two or three good signings over the course of maybe an off-season or yeah. 12 months, and they could pull themselves well, up. You from remember the, Manly did it when they bought in Matt Orford, Stephen Bell... And I believe Brent Kite, like they bought in, and they had Ben Kennedy there. They bought in just three or four players yep. that really set the standard for that two thousand and eight side. And all, but you look back now as well, and you and you say um, Ben Kennedy was huge for them. I, I think um, I've seen number of interviews with players talking about the standard that he brought to the club. But they also had the benefit of having Chucky Watmau, the Stewart yeah. brothers. Um, Kieran Foran, Daly, Jerry Evans, all coming through the system over the next few years. So, I um, I don't know. I don't see a lot of green shoots from Bulldogs juniors at the moment. Yeah, I think that that could possibly come. I I, I find it very very difficult to doubt Gus. Mm. Um, you know, I think I think he has got them on a on a path that will see them have some success. Um, and I think they're on their way for that, but. What I, I think a lot of people, you know, don't really give enough credence to at Penrith was the fact that we lucked upon a kid named Nathan Cleary. Yeah, that's true. hundred You know what I mean? Where all the foundations and work were put into place to bring through some a really good crop of players, which has happened, yeah. which I think Gus is doing that at the Bulldogs. Yeah. And there's, you know, he's putting the feelers out um, in regional areas and developing players. But, but uh, uh, I think sometimes we do overlook the fact that Penrith got a kid named Nathan Cleary come through. Yeah, and you've also got to look at, um, like, when they really emerged as a powerhouse. Now I know they'd had some success um, on and off over... Um, a period of time leading up to this, uh, but they really emerged as a powerhouse in 2020. When did Gus come to the club, mate? Oh, yeah, it was 2011, 2012. Yeah. So we're talking nine years, aren't we? We're yeah. talking... It, 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 we're not... I don't think we're going to see the Bulldogs emerge as a top eight team this year. I think they'll do better, but they'll still be pretty ordinary. Mm. Um, what about the, uh, the Cronulla Sharks, mate? They are a very interesting one for me. Um, so Cronulla Sharks, great draw, as always. They always end up with a nice little draw. Just that who cares factor. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know I've got a bit of bitterness yeah. about it, mate. Like, anyway, I'll move on from that. Uh, and a really good team on paper and a great coach 
on paper. Mm. Big question for me. Is he, though? Yeah. So we haven't really... So Fitzy's been there for two years now, Craig Fitzgibbon, and he took them to second place on the ladder, fell out in straight sets. Mm. And then last year he took them to... Um, they really fell away towards the back end of the season. Like they did. Year. They did. Yeah. So you look at their team and, you know, Will Kennedy and then their outside backs, they got uh, Katoa, uh, Ronaldo Mulatalo, Jesse Ramian, um, Talakai. Then you forge, you've got um, the likes of Dale Finucane, um, Nikora. Um, yep. Britton Nikora. Then, yeah, Britton Nikora. Then a host of middles as well with um, uh, the likes of um, Hamlin Ueli ha- Hamlin Ueli and Reese Hunt and mm. uh, Toby Rudolph. So, and not to mention their halves as well. Nico Hines is a Dallium Player of the Year. So, and yeah, we're not sorry, sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned it. Yep, but Proceed. and uh, next thing you'll be telling me Jack Whiten's one like. Whoa. So. <laughs> And uh, South Sydney player, <laughs> and young um, and young Braley as well. So you look at that team and you're like, wow, that that is a really mm. good team. Now they're going to start to lose some of those players in a couple of years because they've had some success. So we've seen Parramatta a couple of years ago, the Broncos this year. Even without premiership success, people will come and poach these players. Mm. Um, this is a big year for Fitzy and a big year for the um for the Sharks as far as I'm concerned because they've got a great team on paper and if they're not making at least a prelim, particularly, I'll say it, mate, particularly with their draw, yeah. then, then they, uh, everything's not as good as you would think down in the Shire. I'm going to go outside of the square and I think the big questions on Cronulla this year are revolved around the coaching setup. Mm. Um, a big thing is Shane Flanagan's back in town. Yeah. At the Dragons. The now, this this might sound a bit sort of far-fetched or controversial. We love way, that here. But I believe if Shane Flanagan starts to have any element of success down at the Dragons, and these things can happen, you know, I would question as to whether that puts additional pressure on Craig Fitzgibbon. Yeah, Um I think you could be right because um, do, do you mean from the point of view that um, Shane Flanagan might be an attractive option just down the just down the freeway to a couple of um couple of players? I, I think it's more so looking at what they haven't got now. Hmm. You yeah, know okay. what I mean? So they're looking at it as, as an organisation. The Sharks are probably just going, oh, well, you know, he was the coach that we had. He was the coach who won us a premiership. Yep. He's been out of the game for a couple of years. We've, we haven't still really recovered from losing him because John Morris took the position after he left mm. and then we replaced him with our guy, which was Craig Fitzgibbon. Yep. And if Fitzgibbon's not having success this year, I think there's going to be a lot of questions at board level posed. Yeah, I, I, I agree, mate. So um, it, when I brought it up, when I put it on the Roth, uh, when I put it on the run sheet, to say Cronulla and Fitzy are under pressure seems ridiculous because he's been there, made a top four made the eight the year after, but but I just feel like with the squad that they've got on paper, you'd be expecting a little bit more. Mm. Anyway, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. That's um, that, that's where I think Cronulla and uh, the, the the doggies are. Uh, any other issues, mate? 
Uh, no, mate. I thought I uh, just something I'd like to touch on, mate, is the the RFL, um, the Rugby Football League in the UK, have agreed a new TV deal, mate. Have yep. you heard about this one? I was reading about it a little bit earlier. Yeah, <laughs> mate, dead set. They've signed a deal with Sky Sports, which is equivalent to thirty eight million dollars Australian dollars. That's the conversion from pounds sterling. Yeah, thirty eight million dollars per season. The NRLs is worth four hundred million. Yep, like thirty-eight million. When we highlight the issues and the differences between levels of revenue that are derived from the UK Super League and the NRL, that just shows you how astronomical it is. Yeah, a lot of that revenue comes from free-to-air here in Australia. So yeah. Channel Nine pays a large chunk of of that TV deal. There is no – they struggle free-to-air over there because they want to watch football. They want the Premier League. Yep. You know, if any of those free-to-air, you know, all the money's floating around, it's going to go into uh, free to – it's going to go into the Premier League. Mm. So – but it really does show how much of a difference and, you know, we, we could look back 10, 15, 20 years and, you know – England was looked upon as a threat for stealing players or especially players coming towards the back end of their career yep. who could go for a big payday over there. Yeah. That's no longer an option. No, and, and that was very popular, I think, about the likes of Trent Barrett who went over yeah. there in the last – at, you know, probably late late 20s. Yeah. yeah. So rather than going over there and taking a big pay packet to play in the UK, you know, players are – so much better off trying to get a crack in the NRL or yeah. being, you know, a squad player in the NRL. Yeah, um, and, and we are starting to see more of it, I guess, over the last five or ten years and mm. people tapping into that. So, I mean, I, I don't know, mate. Like, it's it's really, really... We talk about the health of rugby league and, and the, the bounties of cash that flow into the NRL, but, I mean, it tells you that you know, there are still some areas of concern on, a, on an international level, whether it be competition-wise or the like. Yep, certainly are. And, you know, do you think it's up to the NRL to try uh, and support that or I don't know how, too far? I, I haven't looked into the structure and how that could possibly work. Yep. And um, that would require a deep dive to see whether the NRL could get to the point where they go, you know what, we're going to buy the Super League. And we're going to run them, you know, together yep. essentially, but as two separate competitions, similar to like, you know, UEFA do with the Champions League or yeah, all those things, yeah. Mm, but um, yeah, obviously massive revenue gaps, yeah, huge uh, for clubs over there. So, mm. um, mate, quick mention, Genco. Yep. So he's got the green light. He's got the green light at thirty. Well, that'll go ahead. Yeah, at uh, thirty-five plus, I think he is. So, you know, uh, train and trial. Mm, All yeah. the best to you, Jenko. Anyway, um, stream of the week, mate. Oh, mate, let's jump straight into the stream of the week. Mate, you we, have been on a journey. Mate, we um, are driving my wife nuts this week. Actually, um, we watched uh, obviously Sly was our what we discussed last week. But um, mate, I couldn't help myself. I. Watched the whole Rocky series this oh, week. How good, oh, how good. How good. Dad said it was like I, I hadn't watched much of Rocky 1 and 2 previously. Mm. Um, so it was really, you know, when if you're basically putting the box out of Rocky out, 
you're going straight to Rocky Four. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, you got you're going to... straight to the old fashioned Cold War Ivan Drago versus Rocky. That's what you're gravitating to. Yeah. I mean, the, the first one, what a story, and you've got to watch it, Dave. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. So you've got to make your way through the Rocky series, but... It's dead set a bloke with a home video camera, isn't it? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the stark differences in each of the films as, obviously, studios start to throw a bit more cash at Sylvester Stallone is pretty impressive, but... Stark differences, mate. I mean, besides camera work, what, what are you talking about? Oh, so, I mean, the... The physique change in Rocky Three yeah, from right. Rocky One and Two. So he's is leaned up a bit. Sylvester Stallone, and I'm not even going to allegedly. Sylvester Stallone went, "Oh, steroids! I'll have all of them, thank you, <laughs> mate." Uh, he is what unbelievable. Dolph? What about Dolph? Well, they don't hide it. They actually show that in the yeah. in the movie, as if to say, you know, the Russians and you know, doping in in the Eastern Bloc countries and Russia and the like, those traditional communist countries, is, it's been rife oh, for, yes. for so, decades, you know, since the end of the Second World War. But they played into it in the movie and, mm, you know. They I mean, did. Rocky, Rocky's ass was a pincushion too, <laughs> I'll tell you that. So, mate, talk about um, how far did you get through? So I got up to, I look, <laughs> I know what you're trying to do here. I may have put the handbrake on at the end of Rocky Four. Yeah. <laughs> I may not have dived in to uh, Tommy the Gun Morrison and uh, Rocky Five, which was an absolute bludger. Well, I think Sly even realised some years down the track that he couldn't go out on that note because he made oh, another. mate, yeah. It was, um, yeah, I really enjoyed going back through it all and obviously you see the growth not only as actors but, mm. um, you know, the development of, of the product, which was really good. A funny um, thing was, is it, um, so Adrian... Um, what's her name? Talia. Talia. Yeah, something. Like that. She's yeah. Nicholas Cage's auntie, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. they're from like this the same family. I don't even know. I Shire. Ta- Talia Shire, isn't it? Talia Shire. So yeah. that was her first husband's surname. Yeah. But she comes from. It's an Italian surname, but comes from a long line mm. of actors within that family. She's which, the Godfather. Yeah, she is too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which Nicholas Cage and Cage is obviously a takeoff to take him away from that surname as well, so it wasn't stuck to him. Mm. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Mate, I'm a huge Rocky fan. I've seen them all. Um, uh, Rocky Balboa, the 2006 um, mm. uh, one, which they, he made, what, 15 or 16 years after Rocky Five, isn't actually too bad. Antonio Tarver. Yeah. Plays, plays, Antonio Tarver was a good boxer. Yeah, he, yeah. he's uh, not in the best, Nick, you know, yeah. in that one, but he... Um, he, he certainly, um, well, Rocky had 62. Do you know who else was not in the best Nick in 2006? Who? Tommy Morrison, mate. He oh, was poor in old a bad Tommy. Way. Poor old Tommy. <laughs> but um, I th- that is a cracker and the Creed series, which is. Um, I haven't seen the Creed series, yeah. so it's I, probably. I don't mm. mind the Creed series. It's quite good. Um, Sly's in the first two. Mm. I think he uh, gave it away in the um and, and the third ones, which come out in the last 12, 18 months. But yep. yeah, so Rocky guys, it is an absolute ripper. Are we going yeah. down a sly rabbit uh, hole here? I think we might have to pump the brakes a little, but 
One thing you can watch too, if you haven't seen the 30 for 30 ESPN on Tommy Morrison. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, mate. That mm. will break your heart. That will, like, yeah. Dead set, if you uh, love sports documentaries, you love stories where you just want to, you know, if you like car crashes, yep. watch the Tommy Do- Tommy Morrison documentary because it is like that bloke, it was basically the the movie. Like that was his life. Like he was a decent boxer, wasn't, you know, going to win. Yeah, he was, it was, he wasn't cha- a world champ. It was champ. a title challenger. Yeah. He was up and around there, but he wasn't going to be a, you know, a historic winner of the title. Um, however, he lived in the fast lane mm. and eventually got AIDS. Yeah. And that's what, you know, ended up. And then there was like a time throughout it that he Magic Johnston did and they reckon he was cured of AIDS because he'd had a couple of blood tests that weren't HIV positive. And then he was back. He said, oh, I'm back in the fight fight game. And then it obviously went south after that. And he, yeah, he was a very, very ill man by the time he, he passed. Yeah, a very, very sad um, mm. documentary. Interesting, but yeah. Very much in the, the I, Tonya sort of realm oh, of, yeah. you know, somebody who had just had adversity throughout their life and, um, you know... The drama's never left him, unfortunately. But mm. uh, the Rocky series, guys, get in on it. We love a bit of sly here. Absolutely. Um, we, we will back off the sly um, <laughs> for our listeners over the next couple of weeks. Unless yeah. they want to get into the 80s classic Tango and Cash with oh. Kurt Russell. Oh. <laughs> Mate, actually, no, forget about it. Next week, Rambo. Oh, Rambo. All right, we're on. <laughs> we're on. Oh, uh, rightio. Should we get into the Integrity Report? Let's do it. Manifest. Righty, mate. We've got the integrity report for this week, and this week we're going to take a bit of a serious turn. Yeah, it's a it's an unfortunate um, turn of events that has led for our integri- to our integrity report this uh, this week. Um, a player in the uh, we're going over to the UK Hockey League, Ice Hockey League, and um, Nottingham Panthers player Adam Johnson. Um, was unfortunately he lost his life during the hockey game and there was uh, the reports are suggesting that there was a blade that made contact with his jugular resulting in, in him unfortunately passing away during the match. Yeah, we're talking about the blade on his skate. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So the blade from the from the player's skate, not the first time that it's happened in professional hockey. No. Um, there is a bit of a talk around safety equipment and the like for that. But really um, what the, uh, the idea of having this in our integrity report is less about this incident because obviously there's an ongoing uh, legal concern around this. Uh, a player is, or, you know, a man has been arrested uh, for manslaughter in relation to this incident which yep. is you know obviously quite a, a significant turn of events in at such a really sad time um however i thought it raised an interesting question around the legalities of sport play and the responsibilities of individuals from a legal perspective yep um what's your take on this one mate like I, i'd be interested to get sort of your idea of what has occurred and, you know, any precedents that you can see that would sort of allude to this possibly 
going down a legal path. So when when this first came out, it was um you know a terrible accident has has mm. transpired, and um over the coming uh, over the days that um followed, it came out that there might have been um a little bit more to it, and so that's where we land at the moment where the player has been accused and he's been charged with manslaughter. Mm. So in order for him to be convicted of this crime, he has to it has to be proven that he. Uh, the guilty action mm. and a guilty mind. So let's so let's put this one to the side. Yep. So because obviously there's a there's an ongoing legal issue here, and it would be you know awful if we got sued for our, all of our nothing. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about that in sport in general because it's not the first time this has happened in sport. Yeah. You know, there's been a number of cases in Australian rugby league and the like where players have taken action for what has been deemed as foul play resulting in injury or or harm. Yeah. So, um when you talk about you know intent, yep. is that the same situation? Is that what you're alluding to? Yeah, so in a sport um I think for a very long time there's been this belief and it's quite often been spoken about that what happens on the field mm. stays on the field. Like there's yeah. almost that code, that that toughness that a lot of these contact sports um, have. Like that happened on the field, so uh, it, it's not a legal issue. And think about, you know, the way you enact on a field, depending on what sport, but especially if you're playing contact or collision sports, you're not walking down the street and behaving in the same way. No, so definitely not. Like in its you, you think about some of the fights that you've seen in contact sports around yeah. the world. If somebody participated in a in a, in a fight um, um, like that on the sideline after the game, they would be arrested yeah. and they would be charged with it. So, um, look. It, it, it's a tough one, and obviously I'm, uh, and uh, we're not speaking directly about the the case that you uh, mentioned before. But um, it, there needs to be some sort of um, uh, legal consequence in place if it is deemed that somebody has it's intentional that, yeah. that that it is intentional, and that their actions they knew could lead to serious serious mm. consequences. There's just so much grey area in this um in this realm. Yeah. So I've I did a bit of reading about it and um there was a an article that was updated um in relation to violence and sport is it whether it be criminal assault or just part of the game. And when you read it into and this comes from Hamilton Janky lawyers and it basically pans it out and it's a bit of a summary article and it it makes it seem pretty black and white. Yeah. And it's quite scary when you read it. You go, oh, hold on a second. That's that's yeah. pretty easy to prove that somebody has assaulted someone in a in a in a match. Like it's not much different to what you would expect, you know, walking down the street yeah. in terms of the legalities, whether I you know, is it just a case of the fact that it doesn't get pursued in a lot of Instances, I would say ninety nine percent of the instances, it doesn't. Nothing gets pursued. Oh, definitely. That's exactly why it doesn't happen because there's no reporting of a crime. If there's no reporting mm. of a crime, there is no. That's the first step in in uh, criminal investigation, and and so it just, you know, if 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 that step isn't taken, you can't go any further. Yeah. And I imagine it's not 
reported in many instances because of um, that what we spoke about before, what happens on the field stays on the field. Yeah. So there's a couple of issues there as well, like um, comments from a coach. Does that signal intent? So you know what I mean? Like th- this is where you're looking at yeah. where it gets it gets a bit uh, it gets a bit grey. So for example, you know, there's plenty of coaches who said go out there and take their heads off. Yeah, I'll, you I'll, know, yeah. and how that works is obviously in the NFL they had the bounty system. Yeah, you know where there was suspensions and and fines put in place because coaches were putting bounties on players. Yeah, like um, it's it's really really interesting when you start to unpack this stuff. And I imagine as well, there's banter going on between the boys before mm. games. A lot of players in professional sport have either played with or against um, a number of players for many many years, and they have personal, both good and bad relationships yeah. outside of um a- outside of the field. Mm. So I imagine there's a fair bit of talk as well. So and it's interesting too with the the sport of hockey because a part of hockey is that combat area where players will often go. You and me, we're on. We're gonna we're gonna fight here. Yeah, and they'll agree to it, and there will be some element of mutual combat. Yeah. that is undertaken afterwards. It's yeah, it's really really interesting. I mean, there's some. I mentioned and touched on before about some examples in rugby league that we've had. We had obviously uh, Gary Jack and yeah. a significant uh, sort of legal battle with uh, Ian Roberts many years ago. Daryl Broman obviously was significantly injured in a state of origin match, had his jaw broken, in which he sought damages of. Oh, uh, if, if we look at um, the sport of rugby league, and they often talk about how they went back and they cleaned it up um, from the mm. 1980s, 1990s, because it was borderline thuggery like yeah. back then. So, um, yeah. It's and it's funny too, because I, I sort of, when I was going through this, I was thinking about my own time playing sports and I've never especially I'll speak about rugby league I never went out there to hurt someone out of the realms of the rules you know and I think if you ask people people would read this and go oh gee mate I might be in trouble here but when you think about it you go no actually I was just it was either putting on a good shot an effective tackle or if you saw a rib cage open I mean, that's where my shoulder's going. It's completely legal, yeah. but I'm looking to do, you know, make an impactful shot. However, it's that extra step where you are raising the arm, elbow first, those yeah. sorts of actions, which are the ones that, you know, aching to assault. Yeah, I was the same. Um, and I also, every now and again, a, a player do their knee tripping over me as they trampled all over the top of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but besides that... Yes. Um, yeah, so when I saw this story the other day, it, it, it's a real, it's an interesting one, and, and obviously we wouldn't go away from the fact it's very sad somebody's lost their life in this mm. in this sport. But um, when you start to go down the path and you think about other sports and some actions that happen on on the field, like it's um, mm. it's it's very um, you know, there, there's a there's a fair bit of Grey area, isn't there? Yeah, and I think there's a fair bit of liability that we don't even consider. Would you consider in most sports? No, I think so. Yeah. I think there it is there. Yeah, but do the players consider it during performance? Absolutely not. 
Yeah, probably except for in a sport, almost ironically, like boxing or or yeah. MMA, where it's like that's part of the sport. Like it's acknowledged that that's what it is. Oh yeah, but of course there's still elements. Like if you if the fight stop and you continue, if you hold on to a submission hmm. after someone's tapped, you know there's punishments, suspensions, significant, you know. Um, consequences if you behave outside of that from the commission so yeah it is still quite heavily regulated yeah i mean you'd look at the khabib Nurmagomedov and conor mcgregor brawl that was after the fight like I oh mean, yeah they, yeah they cool. got handed down some serious punishments for that so mm. yeah anyway well an interesting bit of food for thought for the listeners we thought we'd just yeah run through that and yeah, it would be interesting in, if you want to share with us what, what your thoughts are on the, on the issue or, yeah, the, the concept of, you know, let, you know, liability from a sports perspective. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mate. All right, mate. Should we uh, duck into all other sports? Let's do it. All right, mate, speaking of the fight game, Mm. what's happening? Well, the fight game was in full flight over the weekend. Um, It probably played a little bit of a sidekick to the other show in town in Vegas. But um, before we get into that, there was something, it could have almost gone in the what's caught my eye. But um, Dana White, uh, president of the UFC, former owner or part owner, um, he was given an interview the other day and he was talking about uh, sponsors. So we've obviously had a lot of news recently around the UFC and how they've decided to get back into a relationship with Bud yep. Bud Light and, and that sort of stuff. And um, he was actually funny because we, we to- talked last week about Kid Rock, Donald Trump turning up with Tucker Carlson to the fights and Dana was in an interview during the week Um and that all was released during the week, and they were talking about a sponsor who had reached out, like a major sponsor of the UFC, who had reached out and told him to take down tweets that had supported Donald Trump. Mm. And, I mean, sometimes we hate on people who have lots of money in this world, but this is one of, and regardless of what you think of Dana White, this is one of the good news ones, because he told them to go fuck themselves, which I think is just fantastic. And I think there should be more of that in the world. Yeah. Where people who just have what they would deem fuck you money. Yeah. Just turn around and just go, you know what? Stick it up your ass. Don't tell me what I should and shouldn't do. And if you don't want to sponsor us, there's the door. See you later. Yeah. More of that. Like, it was hilarious. He's like... I'll vote for whoever I want. This is one of his quotes. You vote for whoever you want. That's how it works. I don't care who you're voting for, is his statement, is what the comment that he made. It's none of my business. But don't you ever call me and tell me who I should vote for. Oh, yeah. That is just fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Well done. Nailed it. Yes, so um, but it's a it's a pretty interesting podcast. I believe he was on with that interview with Theo Vaughn, and I think they actually hammer Peloton really bad in that one. Okay, so for any of our Peloton 
subscribing listeners, yeah. you might want to go and check that out. It's a pisser. <laughs> they absolutely carve up the uh, up the CEO of Peloton. So yeah, it's it's actually quite a laugh. But uh, yeah, I thinking, you know, just in this world where there's just so much bullshit. And, you know, people going, oh, you can't say that, you can't do this. It's, oh, geez, I, I like a good story where people just stand up and go, you know what, stick it up your ass. Yep, get that in here. Yeah. Um, but back to the fights, mate. Uh, the UFC, uh, Brendan Allen versus Paul Craig. So it wasn't a really big card um, in terms of the fight card. Um, Brendan Allen was a, a pretty big favourite. Um in the main event, he was he ended up getting the submission victory in round three over Paul Craig. Paul Craig's a really he's a Scotsman, really good jiu-jitsu fighter. Um, he's very very dangerous off his back, and he was quite happy to to play there uh, down on the ground. But Brendan Allen's submission defense on top of uh, taking advantage with his elbows and his ground and pound on the ground was the difference, and he was able to open up for that submission. Um, so it was a pretty good per- performance from uh, Brendan Allen. But um, for Aussie fans, disappointing. It was good to see an Aussie on the card, but um, Jake Matthews, unfortunately, was defeated in a unanimous decision against uh, Michael Morales. Now, leading into this one, I, I'm a big Jake Matthews fan. I mean, I just enjoy Australian fighters. I'm going to get behind them. But, um, you know, when you're going into a fight, and I believe Jake Matthews going into the fight was 19-6, and six, and Michael Morales was maybe 19-0. and 0. Yeah, right. Sorry. Um, what was he? Michael Morales, 16-0. and 0. So a bit out of his league. Yeah, so when you see matches like that, and Jake Matthews has been around the UFC since he was 19. Yeah, okay. So when you see matches like that get made, you're just like, oh, this could be a bit of an issue here. Like they're obviously Michael Morales is a bit of a phenom coming through. They're going this. There might be some weight. He's from Ecuador. They're absolutely mad for the UFC in Ecuador. Um, Cheeto Vera's the other fighter from uh, from Ecuador. He's extremely popular. Um, so I thought this could be a bit of a problem for Jake Matthews, but Jake Matthews. You know, he fought really well. He saw out the decision. Morales was, was good for the win. He definitely won that fight. But, um, you know, I think that maybe the concerning thing for me as a fan of Jake Matthews is, you know, he's been in the UFC since he was 19. But, I mean, where you see a lot of other fighters have, you know, really, really strong growth over their career in the yep. UFC. Like, he's had 19 fights in the UFC. Yeah. You know, You'll see fighters have really, really good uh, growth in that and they'll evolve across a career of 19 fights in the UFC, whereas I think Jake Matthews is still doing the things that he was good at when he was 19. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like you're not seeing that real exponential growth which is going to take into that world championship top 10 level. Yep. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's that's not to say that, you know, he's coming into his prime, you know, He's been fighting a long time, being starting at 19. But, you know, in, in fighting, you, you're probably not into your peak until your early 30s. Yeah, so okay. There is still time there, but, um, yeah. You're not seeing the growth that you would... Uh, yeah, I'm sceptical of the growth. I mean, I'm, I'm all in for him. I, we love a bit of Jake Matthews here at the Sports Attention Podcast. Aussie fighters were on 
Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't know whether it's going to happen. Mm. Um, and the final uh, fight that I caught on the, the top three of the card, Chase Hooper got a first-round submission over Jordan Levitt. Um, I mean, it was a weird fight, this one. Like, these two guys, uh, and you can see them on the screen mm. in front of us, mate, it was honestly like the two mass extension kids fighting each other like <laughs> dead set like then they're, they're not afraid of who they are it's which is which is great because they're they're funny characters chase hooper and jordan levitt they yeah they're they're quirky cats but uh yeah they weren't hiding from it but yep. uh yeah that was a good fight and chase hooper was just uh, far superior in the grappling so and poor old jordan levitt i mean he's i think he's only just recently had a baby at home and oh. you know oh. Yeah, a, a dub would have helped. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was it from the uh, from the UFC. That was it at the um, the fight, uh, the performance center in the Apex in Vegas. But um, I noticed that Bruce Buffer wasn't announcing the fights, and I was like, "Well, that's weird. He usually does all the American cards, even if it is the Apex. You know, he's he's usually pretty good for it, Brucey." Yeah, where it, was he? I mean, I didn't miss him because I got a message from my mate. He just goes, Bruce Buffer, F1, get on it. And I went and turned it on. I thought the uh, the race was starting at 5 in the Arvo, but, you know, come 3.30, Bruce Buffer is announcing all the drivers on the grid oh. as if they were fighters. It was an absolute pisser. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, I caught, I caught the highlight. And it was so good. So we're, the Formula 1 was in Vegas. Um, Daniel Ricciardo, he was like a kid in a candy shop with Bruce Buffer announcing his name. He's like, oh, I'm a massive UFC fan and this is the biggest kick of my career. Bruce Buffer's announced me as a driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Um, but, uh, yeah, Vegas, I would love to hear from, you know, say, for example, you're a middle-aged, let's say a middle-aged bloke, You've always dreamed of going to Vegas. Just going, you know what? I'm going to go to Vegas. And you just, for some reason, booked it 12 months, 18 months in advance, and you booked it for the week of the F1, you'd be absolutely kicking yourself because oh. the F1 absolutely took over Vegas. There was so much scaffolding and just shit everywhere. Oh, you. It was not Vegas. Like, you couldn't even see the Bellagio fountains. Oh, wow. They'd put like a a three-storey building in front of it, temporary building that was designed for celebrities and for viewing and and spectators to be would on. Would have been another kind of show, though. Yeah, oh, it would have. But, you know, if you were going there, you're just like, oh, this isn't the Vegas I thought I was going to see. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it'd be a pretty shit go for the next couple of weeks if you were going to Vegas, but... Why they're backing tell, it all up. Oh, mate, i tell you what, I was watching it just going, oh, there is one better place I'd rather be. Bit of uh, bit of damage as well to the um, to the road, I hear, as well. Oh, yeah, there was it was an interesting race. Um, you know, if we get into that, the, they were talking about the conditions and it was quite slippery. It was very It's very cold in Vegas in winter because mm. it's winter there. Um, so obviously we just think of oh Vegas in the desert it's just scorching hot all the all year round. It's actually not. It's really cold in winter. Yeah, it's really so the F one teams were talking about how difficult it was keeping the tires warm. Yeah. So it created a few sort of issues around and managing that 
around their, you know, the tyres, which tyres they were going to use and how tactically they were going to pit. Um, Leclerc got the uh, got the pole. Yep. And then uh, obviously it was a bit of a bit of an interesting start. He he got driven wide by Max Verstappen, who then quickly took first position on the first turn. Yeah. But um, he was absolutely uh, Verstappen was given a penalty and had to give that position back. But yeah, it was a really good battle. They they stayed out of trouble both Verstappen and and Leclerc. They went one two, and then Checo Perez got the uh, got the third there. So a double Red Bull on the podium. Happy days. Happy <laughs> yeah, day. but um, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Like yeah. I would have loved to have been there. Um, oh, it'd have been an experience for sure. Yeah, but uh, did you see Red Bull's outfit? Uh, I think I did see this. So they, it was interesting because I saw Christian Horner get interviewed at the end of it, and they were sort of asking him about being in Vegas. And and to be honest with you, he he played it with a straight bat. He didn't want to be there. You could tell. Yeah, he's like it was yeah. a pain in the ass. We had to cart all our shit to Vegas. The conditions aren't the best, you know. The it was very, very tough conditions to drive in terms of the slippery track and this, that, and the other. But you could tell that obviously it's a financial benefit to go to Vegas yeah, because yeah, yeah. there is, you know. So I think from a from a racing perspective, and if he was talking as a team principal who wanted, you know, basically to win a race, he would have been happy to do it in his backyard. Mm. But from a CEO of Red Bull and a commercial perspective, I think he understood it. And nothing says that more than this outfit that they're wearing. They're wearing the Elvis yeah. suits. Oh. So they've turned up and they've, they've changed the traditional blue racing gear for uh, Checo's got a red and Verstappen's got a white Elvis-styled suit with the gold belt and everything. Oh, it's a ripper. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you're putting that in the trophy cabinet, that's for sure. Yeah, that's one for the memories. Oh, All right, so that's mate. it from the race. So Vegas was the place to be yesterday. Um, but unfortunately for me, it was enjoyed from my couch here in Australia. Yeah, indeed, indeed. All right, mate, should we jump in, in the NFL? Yeah, no worries, mate. Uh, we have. Ravens uh, had a win. The Cowboys had a win, as did the Browns. The Lions, the Texans, the Dolphins had a win. The Giants had a win. The Packers, the, the Jaguars, the 49ers, the Bills, the uh, Rams all yeah. had uh, all had wins. That was a tough one for the Seahawks, mate, going yeah, down by point. you got to win those divisional games, especially against the struggling Rams. Mm, yeah. Did you catch any of the um, NFL over the weekend? Um, I saw a bit of the Vikings-Broncos today. Uh, I didn't watch the whole thing. Mm. Um, yeah, so which was, I mean, the first drive, there was a turnover on it, and it was, yeah, it was unbelievable. Uh, did you see you end up getting the result in that game? Uh, I didn't, mate, no. No, neither did I. The Broncos have been on a little bit of a roll lately. I think they'd won their previous maybe four in a yeah. row or something like that. So, you know, uh, Rusty Wilson, uh, dangerous, trying to build something there. Mm. I, uh, I, I myself did, I only caught a few of the highlights today. I, I saw the, um, you know, kept an eye on the Seahawks-Rams game and I thought um, early in the second that we were going to bring that home. So yeah. disappointing result. I think that's going to be the end of the Seahawks. But, um, but interesting, mate, going to the last match of the round, 
the Eagles versus the Chiefs. Yeah, so that's like gonna, for all the knobs yeah. who complain about the way that N- the NRL sort of schedules shit. Yep. and they're like, oh, you got to tell us, give us the schedule at the start of the season, all that sort of stuff. Monday night football, the oh. biggest game of the week. What does the NRL do? They just go, you'll shut up. And you'll watch the best game of the week. Yeah. And you'll do it on Monday night. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what? We're telling you, you're watching it on Monday night. Yeah. Like, it's just, you can understand, you know, who pulls the strings over there. Oh, definitely. And, you know, if... um, Could you imagine putting that on a Saturday Arvo? Oh, you'd have people in uproar over like, here, wouldn't you? You know, it's... But I tell you what, I'd be watching it if it well, was the Broncos versus Panthers. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, interesting enough, mate, isn't it? Mm. The the Eagles versus the Chiefs, that'll be a big one tomorrow, mate. Um, Could it be? Well, it's, we know it's a Super Bowl rematch. Could it be a C- Super Bowl preview? Could possibly be, mate. Yep. Slowly, if form lines mm. uh, would suggest that it could. And also, too, the fact that we've discussed it on this show means they're both... Fucked next week. Well, that's right. Talked up the Ravens a few weeks ago and they got done in. We talked up um, the 49ers a few weeks before that and they'd looked like mm. they were throwing poo around the field. So, But anyway, mate, that's the NFL. Keep an eye out. We might even touch base on um, that Eagles versus Chiefs game uh, next week. Mm. Rightio, mate, the cricket. Yeah, huge, mate, huge. Mate, we've done it. Yeah, we we've done. done it. The Aussies have done it. So um, before we spoke this time a week ago, uh, sorry, when we spoke uh, about a week ago, the uh, semi-finals were coming up, and Australia got um, South Africa done in uh, quite a close contest, and India mm. were far too good for New Zealand in the end. Um, India had been far too good for everyone all tournament. Yeah, so I had a look through the stats today, and they were winning by six wickets, seven wickets, eight wickets. One, they beat Sri Lanka by three hundred and two runs. Yeah, I mean, what do we? What? Yeah. Did they not bat? Like, honestly, yeah. 302 runs is an absolute drubbing. And so they'd gone through undefeated the other day and they looked all, um, uh, they looked like they had it done. Um, you know what, though, Potty? You've got to win the one that matters. You do have to win the one that matters. And, and look, so I watched uh, the start of the game and I watched a couple of hours of um, uh, India's batting inning, inning, should I say, yesterday. And the first thing you noticed, and we spoke about this earlier today, mate, was the crowd. Mm. 130,000 people. And I think there were 15 Australian supporters in there. Yeah, there was a... 14 wearing an Australian kit and a one few wearing speckles a of yellow kit. in the blue wave. Yeah. And uh, one bloke wearing a Port Adelaide singlet. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well yeah. done to you, mate. Um, look, India started very well. So in the first 10 overs, skipper Rohit Sharma got them off to a, a flyer and they were 80 for, uh, I think they might have only been one wicket down. And then it just all changed. It was it was quite unbelievable. Um, mm. Pat Cummins, but in particular Zampa, came on. And, and now um, Zampa's not going to get the credit he deserves because he didn't take the wickets through... The guts like Hazelwood took a couple of wickets. Yeah. Um, uh, Hazelwood had been bowling sharp. He had. Uh, Stark took a couple of wickets and obviously mm. Cummins took some really good wickets as well. But Zampa came in and he just shut down the flow of runs. They went from scoring 10 runs and over to five runs and over, four yeah. runs and over under him. And he just literally strangled the life out of them. And over the next 20 overs, they only got 
uh, 80 runs. So yeah. he'd literally, him and the rest of the team, um, Big Show, did it fairly well bowling as well. Mm-hmm. It all changed for me when Rohit Sharma um, was caught by um, Matthew Head. Yep. Uh, Travis Head. Travis Head, sorry. It was Matthew Head, old St. George player, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Far out. That's taking I me mean, back. I mean, if you're after oh. Travis Head kicking the winning goal in a bloody Anzac Day clash oh. at the SFS. Oh, take me back. That's one of my best. Um, <laughs> Teddy, get in contact with the show, mate. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Head, Travis Head, what a player. Took Richard a- Head. Richard Head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm, br- I'm bringing it back. What an absolute cracking catch by Travis uh, Head. And he has, um, he, he, he turned the game after that. They never looked likely. And, and they just couldn't get it back. And then came out and Australia, I think, with three for 15. Something like that, um, Mitch Marsh. After my um, after my pat on the back for him, saying he was going to top score for yeah. Australia, he's come out and got a couple of low scores and um, including one big donut. Just keeping you honest, mate. That's right, mate. And 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 Smithy got a, only got four runs, but um, Labashane. And mm-hmm. Travis Head got 100, 137. I, no, sorry, I think Labashane might have been not out for fifty eight, and it was just. It was beautiful to watch, mate. So, yeah. so how many people were there? One hundred and thirty thousand. One hundred and thirty thousand. Who was driving the taxis? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! 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 no, 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 no. I, look, I mean, hey. I just assume they all. That's all they did in India. Oh, mate. I don't <laughs> All right, moving on, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Uh, anyway, um, Virat Kohli, I think he uh, averaged about a hundred. Now uh, he got player yeah. of the um, yeah, he player of the series, and I don't think anyone could argue with that. And Travis mm. said player of the match. There was definitely no arguing with that one. And then, um, yeah, it. I thought it was a great tournament. I was a little bit sceptical on, on this podcast maybe uh, six or seven weeks ago when I found out the format, how you had to play everyone in the round games. Uh, yeah, I, I was we, – we talked about yeah. it. I was like, oh, that sounds a bit – you know, we we were championing – I don't even know if that – Yeah, oh, well, well, that is – it is now, mate. Um, championing. Championing. The need for more teams like they had in previous – uh, World Cups, but then by the end of this, I'm going, geez, this is this is the mix. This yeah. is what we need. And it was an absolute cracker. But unfortunately, the ICC are big listeners of the show and they got wind of that. And so they've changed it for yeah. next one. So the next one's going to be held in Africa, South Africa, Nambia and um, Zimbabwe. Yeah. And, uh, Namibia, yeah. Yep, that's it. Sorry. And uh, that's going to be, um, uh, I think, 12 teams or no 14 teams two different um two different conferences so okay they're um we're we're too powerful yeah yeah so that's just uh the real shame of it mate we are far too powerful but anyway um yep i loved it i think it's we touched on this a couple of weeks ago won't go into too much now but i think we are starting to see one day cricket come back to where it needs to be right at the pinnacle Mm, i agree mate uh, multis, mate. How'd you go? Multis, mate. Um, look, absolutely dog shit. I said I thought the uh, the Aussies were going to win, and I had that right. But I said Mitch Marsh had top score, and he got a donut. So uh, sorry about that, Mitch. 
Duck for Marshy. Yeah. Um, I did say the Premier League for me, and, yeah, I was, you know, reminded that it was the international break. Ah, oh, yes. But I did decide to go in. I had a punt on the Aussies at $3, and I was so unconfident. I was like, oh, this is, you know... Of course, they're going to get beaten by India. They're the favourites. Well, I'm two dollars ninety, like two dollars ninety nine on sports mm. bet, like crazy for like for a for a final. Yeah, yeah. Where anything can happen. That's that's pretty juicy odds. Um, I wanted Maxwell for top scorer, but I wasn't allowed to multi it because yeah, they were right. only singles. Yeah. So I didn't take it. So Lucky. yeah, I was going to say you could have had me money, guys. You well could have had me money. Yeah. Um. So I'll just take that as a good win. Yep. Lovely, mate. And uh, what about next week? Um, oh, well. Look, I'll I jump know. in, mate. For me, um, uh, listeners, you've got to get into our football show this week. We're going to dive into the big issues and what's broken down this week as far as the Everton Toffees are concerned. So are you going to put money on Everton getting their points back? I'm no, I'm going to suggest that they are going to bounce back this week over your oh, okay. uh, United. <laughs> and oh. they are going to not only take the victory, we're going to see Beto score his first goal in the Premier League. Okay. Yep. Premier League for Potty. And he gets um, on. Look, I'm going to stay away from the Premier League then if that's what your prediction is. Um, look, I'm going to have to think about it, mate, to be honest. I've got nothing for the listeners, yep. unfortunately. No worries, yeah, Will. I've got to do my homework next time. Yep. No worries, mate. And uh, oh, so we're on the penis of the week. Penis of the week. Mm, what uh, have we got, mate? So about a week ago, mate, don't know if you recall, we were having a chat and I was talking about being down at the local shopping centre and some young fella, 15 years old, a couple of times rode his bike through the shopping centre. Yeah. Just absolutely flying. Like mm. it was a pretty quiet time of day. It was um, about... Um, 8.30 in the morning, so not heaps of people around, but yeah. just no hands, you know, whizzing by, quite dangerous. And I said to you, what's going on here? You can't be having that, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then I read in the uh, paper earlier this week that um, a young girl um, unfortunately got pretty pretty injured by being hit by an electric scooter in a shopping mm. centre. And um, it was actually hit and run, so scooter's hit and the person who's riding it has jumped up and, and ridden off. So yeah. You know, like, I just, one's caused a really serious injury and uh, we hope the uh, young girl has recovered or is on the road to recovery. Mm. But if you are someone who is, like, all these shopping centres quite clearly have these safety procedures in place and I'm sure they've got all no bikes inside and things like that all around the outside. It's there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, you're, if you're someone who's doing mm. these sort of things and doing it, like, you know, unnecessarily is obviously what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Come and on. my penis of the week is Paul Blart. Paul Blart is meant to be a mall cop. He should be dealing with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen that? Oh, I have, mate. I Paul have, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no, no uh, I joke. My uh, penis of the week is Rugby Australia. Oh, Rugby geez, Australia. Tell you what. Hamley, Hamish, is it McLennan? Or McClellan yeah, or yeah, something yeah, I think like so. that. Yeah. He fell on his sword this week, mate. Mm. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're just an absolute debacle, mate. Mate. Um, I mean, there's just 
Yeah, penises for days in that organisation. I really feel that, um, you know, between Rugby Australia and the English cricket team, we're um, starting to rack up some penises of the week there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All well, right, mate. Beautiful. Nailed it again. Yeah, we're done. All good. Well, uh, yeah. Anything to add before we, we finish up, mate? Not from me, mate. No. Get a, get a, uh, a subscribe on the YouTube page. Like, subscribe. We love you. On the podcast platforms. Download them all. You know the drill. Get into the uh, into the socials. Let us know what you think. Mm. And if you are any of our listeners down in South Newcastle, home of the Lions, we say good night. And farewell.